Now, I've been challenging our, our leadership team and our ministry team leaders, asking them the question, how are you feeding yourself? How are you feeding yourself? Spiritually, how are you feeding yourself? And if you were to survive in the physical with how you eat spiritually, could you stay alive? Because I think that's a challenge that, and a continual battle that we need to fight is, is, is spending time in, in God's presence. Spending time in his word. Because apart from his word, we can't grow. And we seem to think that we can live our spiritual lives on Happy Meals. And we all know how healthy Happy Meals are. So how are you feeding yourself? You know, today we're celebrating Independence Day. The day that our country was freed from the bondages of England. And so every year on the 4th of July, we celebrate freedom from England. But, you know, as I was looking at Ephesians, you know, Ephesians really is talking about our freedom. And today we celebrate freedom from the bondages of Satan. If, if you would turn with me to, uh, to Ephesians chapter 2, as we continue our study in the book of Ephesians, this letter that is written to you. You know, Paul at the beginning of, in, in chapter 1 verse 3, he, he says that, you know, he reminds us to praise our God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. Then in chapter 2, he reminds us again why we should praise our Father in heaven. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, it says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sin in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and the rulers of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient, those who are in bondage. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. You know, at one time our, con- our country was under the bondage uh, of, of England. They controlled us. And what Paul is saying here is at one time, all of us, and remember, this is a letter to the church. And Paul's reminding them at one time you were in bondage. Then in verse 4 he says, But because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. For it is by grace that you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realm in Christ Jesus. In order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. 
For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which he has prepared in advance for us to do. So we go from bondage to freedom. So today, not only do we celebrate our freedom as a country, but as believers, we should continually be celebrating our freedom from the bondage of Satan. That's what Paul's talking about here. Because you see, what he says is, here's what you were. At one time, we were dead in our sin. All of us. You know, although we have been created, you know, Last week we learned that, that, that we were chosen by the Father. Although all of us have been chosen and predestined, and God has a plan for all of us, we are all born into sin. Now that word death in, in the Bible, it talks about separation. Death is separation from God. And all of us were born separated from God, born into sin. In Ephesians 2 verse 1, it says that as for you, and that's talking about all of us, you were dead in your transgressions and sin. We were separated from God. And just as as my spirit, when it is separated from my body, that makes me dead. So when I am separated from God spiritually, I am spiritually dead. So all of us, before we accepted Christ... We're dead spiritually. And he says, dead in our transgressions. Transgressions means to slip, to stumble, or to go the wrong way. And that word sin in the spiritual realm means missing or falling short of God's standard of holiness. See, there's this standard of holiness that is expected of us as believers. So Paul says, you were going the wrong way and you were unholy. You were separated from God. You were dead in your sin. And Paul uses these two words in order to to emphasize the the, the breadth of, of, of the sinfulness and the result of our spiritual deadness. How big our sinfulness really is. He emphasizes it by using two words. In your in your transgressions and sin, you were separated from God. You see, the bottom line is that all of us were born guilty. You were given a sentence of guilt when you were born. You were guilty in sin. And you were headed, you were, you were headed towards an eternity in hell. You were going to be sentenced to an eternity in hell because of your guilt. Then Paul reminds the church here. He says, at one time, you too were guilty. At one time, in verse 2, you followed the ways of the world. At one time, you followed the ruler of the kingdom of the air. And at one time, you gratified the cravings of your sinful nature. At one time, you followed your desires and your thoughts. He says, like the rest, at one time, you were, by nature, objects of wrath. You were going to spend eternity in hell. So Paul reminds them of where they were. But then he gives them the good news and talks to them about where they now were because of accepting Jesus Christ as their Savior. He says, I praise God because I have been made alive. 
you know, that's cause for us to celebrate because we've been made alive. You see, through Christ, I have been made alive. Do you know that? Do you know that through Christ, you have been made alive? If you've accepted Jesus Christ, you have been made alive. Ephesians 4, verse 4, Ephesians 2, verse 4, it says, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. He set us free. This is our Independence Day. The day you accepted Christ became your Independence Day. The day that you were freed from your sin. But you know, there's a process in this being made alive that we don't often think about. You know, I think we have been taught oftentimes a lie about cheap grace. What is cheap grace? It's the preaching that says, you know, just ask Jesus into your heart and you're going to be, it's, it'll be great. I want to be really careful here. I want you to question your salvation. But I believe we have been oftentimes taught to just ask Jesus into our hearts And nothing has to change. We just keep on living life the way we've always lived it. And if nothing changes about you, when you ask Jesus Christ to become your Savior, my question is, has anything really happened in in your heart? Romans 10, 9, I know, says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I believe that 100% that if I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart, I will be saved. But the thing we have to understand, and stay with me here. John 6, says that, that I cannot come, uh, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent him draws him. And Jesus also says that I will, when, when he comes talking of the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world in regards to sin and righteousness and judgment in regards to sin because men do not believe in me. See, there's this drawing that happens because we are all spiritually dead. I am dead in my sin. I am, I, am, I am a corpse spiritually. But there's a point where the Holy Spirit breathes into me, convicts me, draws me to, 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 to Jesus. And at that point, I have a decision to make. Whether to accept or reject the life-giving blood of Jesus Christ. And he draws me several different ways. He draws me by his word. This Bible, you know, this draws people to Jesus Christ. He draws me through the preaching of the word. And Romans says, how can they call on the one whom they have not believed in? And how can they believe on the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? We have to go and tell so that people can hear. So they're given the opportunity as the Holy Spirit draws them. And the Holy Spirit draws people with our testimony. You know, your testimony is powerful. Your testimony of of the life-giving blood of Jesus Christ is powerful. But in these things, the Holy Spirit uses to show people, to show me my sinfulness. 
You know, when I was far from God, God used, the Holy Spirit used people to draw me to Jesus Christ. He used his word to draw me to Jesus Christ. There came a point where I had to to accept or reject what Jesus Christ did. You see, I am made alive when I recognize, first of all, my guilt before God. Because before God, I am condemned to die. But through Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, I can be made alive. When I accept Jesus Christ, that condemnation is removed. And I am justified and made new. Peter said in Acts chapter 2 verse 38 when he preached the first message. And it says the people were cut to the heart. They recognized their sinfulness. They said what should we do? Peter said repent and be baptized. Now that word repent means to turn and go the other way. So that when I am, when I am dead in my sin and transgression and I am going the wrong way, when I repent of my sin, when I ask Jesus Christ to become my Savior, I turn and I go the other way. When I talk about cheap grace, it's when I see people saying they've accepted Jesus Christ and yet they continue to go down this path of a sinful life. You see, when I accept Christ, something about me changes. And that's what Paul is talking about here in Ephesians. He said, once you were like this, once you lived in this sinful state, once all you cared about was was feeding your flesh, the cravings of your sinful nature. But now, since you've been made new, You no longer live like this because you've been made alive. When I repent, I turn and go the other way. And that condemnation in Romans 8, it says, There is is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. My guilt is taken away. Because you see, Jesus is my advocate. He is my mediator. He goes to bat for me. And in 1 John 2, verse 1 to 3, it says, I write to you so that you may, so that you will not sin. But if anybody does, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense. Some of your translations say, we have an advocate. One who speaks on our behalf. His name is Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sin. Not only for ours, but for the sins of the whole world. And it says, we know that we have come to know him when we obey his commands. When we've repented, we're going the other way. John says, we know that we have come to know him when we obey his commands. When we put the, the worldly, the lust of the flesh and the lust, when we put that behind us and we're going the other way. Because I've been made alive in Christ. And the moment I accept him, I am declared innocent of my sin. And Romans 5 once says, there, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I am justified. Now that word justified means to pronounce one to be just. Or to be righteous. 
or such as he ought to be. So when I accept Christ, I am made righteous. I am made such as I ought to be. So the Holy Spirit has to draw me. And the other thing, something we have to remember here is that, you know, it's not what I've done. It's what Jesus did. Because it is a completely free gift. I cannot earn it or buy it. It is completely free. Jesus paid completely the penalty for my sin. He paid all of it. You know, in the world in which we live today, there are conditions put on everything that is free. Now, how many of you know that that inside this Happy Meal, there is what? There's a free gift. I think, let's look. I ate the burgers and fries out of it already. Sure enough, there's a free, ugly gift in there. Now, children, do you know... Is that, is that free? Is that something you get for free when you get a Happy Meal? Yeah. Mom and Dad, is that gift free? No. There are always strings attached. Everything we get for free has a string attached. Several years ago, I had a vacuum cleaner salesman come to our door. He came to the door and he had two cans. One was a spotless clean, a spot cleaner and one was a deodorizer or something for our carpet. He says, hey, we're just out giving away free gifts today. He says, which one would you like? I looked at it and I said, I'll take that one. He gave it to me and then he said, "Um, could I come in for a few minutes? Like, well, what what would you like? He said, I'd like to sell you a sweeper. I said, well, I've got a, a central vac. It's hanging right there in my garage. I really don't need your sweeper. He said, well, can't I just come in? I'm like, no, you're wasting both of our time. And so... He stood back and, and he looked at me and he looked at the thing that I had in my hand. He's like, uh, can I have my spotless cleaner back, please? <laughs> Nothing is free except for salvation through Jesus Christ. That is a completely free gift that we receive. There are no strings attached. I cannot earn it or buy it. Jesus paid the penalty completely. I was once guilty, but because of the price he paid, I have been made alive. See, because Jesus was my advocate, Jesus is my redeemer. He paid with his life for my guilt because I was condemned to die. But Jesus stood out in my place, told the judge, I will take the penalty for his sin. I will go to the cross, I will spare your life. You see, our advocate, Jesus, he did it all for me. He did it for free, and it made me alive. And verse 6 in Ephesians, it says, And God raised us up with Christ Jesus and seated us in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages we, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness To us in Christ Jesus. You see, I am rescued from spiritual death and I am made eternally alive. You know, I I enter into a sphere of eternal life rather than eternal death. And with that 
When I accept Jesus Christ, I am promised eternal life in heaven. He has seated us in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages, he might show his incomparable riches and grace. We have all been made eternally alive. When I accepted Jesus Christ, I became eternally alive. I was given a place in heaven. I received an inheritance. Remember the sealing of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the promise of an inheritance far greater than what we now have. In, in the book of First uh, Peter, it says in First Peter chapter 1, verse 3. And this is in the New Living Translation. It says, All praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again. Because God raised Jesus from the dead. Now we live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you. Think about that. We live with great expectation. Because we have this priceless inheritance that is waiting on us in heaven. And it says it is pure and undefiled beyond the reach of change and decay. We have been made alive eternally. We have been made alive. And it's a completely free gift that I have. Now good works can't save me. But many good works are produced by my salvation. You see, I don't serve to be saved. I serve because I am saved. Because Paul goes on here then. He says, I, am, you know, I have been made alive with a purpose. There's a purpose for me being made alive. In verse 10 it says, For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God has prepared in advance for us to do. I don't serve to be saved, but I serve because I am saved. There's a huge difference there. But I have been saved With a purpose. I have been created to do good works. I am called to run this race with endurance. To live a fruitful, productive life for Jesus Christ. And my salvation causes me to desire to bear much fruit. I do it out of my appreciation and my joy. For what Christ has done for me. But Paul here in chapters 1 and 2 is talking to to the church. And and showing them the great gift. What Jesus Christ has done for them. And here in verse 10 he says. I've done these things because we have been created. We are God's workmanship. And we've been created to do good works. I serve out of my joy and appreciation. For Jesus Christ. And so when I am saved, when I accept Jesus Christ, there should be a marked difference in me. People should look at me and say, there's something different about him. There's something different about her. But the problem in the church today is is the reason that the world isn't drawn to the church is because they don't see a difference too often. They don't see a difference. 
But when I have been redeemed, when I have been saved, when I repent, there will be a difference. The world will see a marked difference in me. I will be changed. And the church, the church is changed by saved people. You know, Paul goes on here in chapter 2, and then he talks about being made alive in Christ, and, and he talks about being one in Christ, and how, you know, Jesus Christ came to bring Jews and Gentiles together under in one body. In verse 19 of chapter 2, he says, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and raises to become a holy temple in the Lord. Paul was calling for unity among Jews and Gentiles, that he was bringing them, you know, they, weren't, they were no longer aliens and strangers, but, but fellow citizens. You know, we as a body of believers, we are fellow citizens. We are brothers and sisters in Christ, called to encourage one another and to be united as a body. And this morning in our ABF, we experienced that, that the love of the body coming together and praying for, 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 for somebody's hurt and need that they have. That's what the body is about. It's about praying for one another and encouraging one another and lifting one another up, not tearing one another apart. And we lift each other up and we encourage each other because we have been made alive in Christ. And that is what brothers and sisters in Christ do. When we are made alive, there is a marked difference. I become a new creation. And so my challenge this week is just, just celebrate the fact that you have been made alive. Celebrate your, your freedom from the bondage of sin. Celebrate it by spending time in a, in a holy place. Just you and your heavenly father thanking him for what he's done. But in Christ Jesus, we have been made alive. You know, in Matthew chapter 20, chapter 7, it says, Not everybody who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my father who is in heaven. Many will say to me that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? But then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me, you evildoer. Those are some pretty harsh words, but they're reality. And so just saying the words, just saying that you've accepted Jesus, um, there's a process involved. The Holy Spirit draws you. And when you are truly repentant of your sin and you ask him to become your savior, he becomes your savior. But I see too many people that just, they know Jesus in their head, but not in their heart. My question is, do you know him in your heart? Have you accepted him in your heart? Have you made him savior and Lord? Has he made you alive? Let's pray. Father, you have given us this incredible gift through Jesus Christ. Where we all are, are dead in our sin. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. And yet through Jesus Christ, through his shed blood, 
through his death, burial, and resurrection, we can be made alive. And Lord, I pray that every person here would make that choice of accepting Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, of confessing with their mouth and believing in their heart that it would be real and, Lord, that we would be made alive and that we would be, we would do good works which you have prepared in advance. Lord, we would be um, great ambassadors for you. Lord, I pray that we could all celebrate our freedom in Christ. Lord, we would all reflect our freedom in Christ. Lord, that we would, we would build up the body of believers. Lord, that the world would see that we are your disciples by the way we love one another. Lord, that we would be, Lord, we wouldn't be aliens and strangers. Lord, we would be fellow citizens. We would be brothers and sisters in Christ. Father, we, we praise you this morning for the great work of the cross. And now, the Lord, just pray that um, if there is anyone here who needs Jesus, Lord, today would be the day. Lord, that they would confess with their mouth, believe in their heart, and be saved. Repent and go the other way. And You know, this morning, if there's anybody here that feels a need that's being drawn by the Holy Spirit, that, that you would pray that prayer. Say, Lord, I recognize that, that I am a sinner, that I am in need of a Savior. And I believe in my heart. And today I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. And Father, if that prayer has been prayed here this morning, I just pray you would begin the changing process, the process of sanctification process of growing and becoming more like you. Now, Father, as we, this morning also, we think of our young people that are traveling home from Phoenix, Arizona, Lord, that you would give them safety as they travel home. Um, Lord, as they travel, um, I just pray that you would be ministering to them, speaking to them. Lord, um, when they would come back in, in some way, Lord, uh, as you spoke to them out there, that they would be changed. Lord, give them safety as they travel. And Lord, as we go through the week, to this week, um, Lord willing that we would just bring you honor and glory in the things we do and uh, the words that we speak, and that people would see Jesus in us. I pray that in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.